Hi, I'm Anthony. And I'm Josh. And welcome to another episode of 52 and 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and do a podcast about it. How are you doing today, Josh? Long time no see, man. We haven't recorded a podcast in a while. Well, I mean, you decided to stop going to movies for two months, so I think oh, that's more on you than it is on me. Listen, that's uh, the summer of 2016's fault because these movies have been fucking terrible. I think I mean, we I, can both agree. No, I, I don't disagree, but like I went to all these bad movies with you in 2015 before we had a podcast, and like and then you just decided that like you're not all, you're not about the bad movies anymore, I mean, and I just decided that I was going to go to them anyway this summer. I don't blame <laughs> you for not seeing them. I'm just saying like we could have done a podcast on yeah. some bad movies. I mean, we we have we have a couple that we recorded that we haven't put out yet. Just I, I, to be fair, we were studying for the bar, and I wasn't in town. I was traveling for like two weeks and and doing stuff. So I apologize, but. Uh, we're both sort of in our full-timey locations now for a bit, I guess, until you move. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so today's episode, we're going to be talking about Suicide Squad, um, the new DC comic book movie by David Ayer, stars Will Smith, Margot Robbie, fake Tom Hardy, uh, a couple other people. (laughs) Fake Tom Hardy, who inexplicably had his name above the fold on the poster, and... (laughs) Uh, I, I like the idea of just calling him fake Tom Hardy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, but, uh, I'm about it. But wasn't Tom Hardy? Or, or wait, are you talking about Jai Courtney or Joel Kinnaman? Um, Jai Courtney. Okay. No, yeah. Jai Courtney's the Australian guy, and Joel yeah. Kinnaman. Yeah, I was more talking shit about Joel Kinnaman. We'll get to him okay. later. But like, as far as I'm concerned, they're both fake Tom Hardys. Okay. Is Joel, uh, Joel Tom Kinnaman Hardy... is the is the soldier dude, right? Yeah. Okay. And yeah, he sucks. Yeah. But uh. But no, but like I uh, like there was like this whole thing. I was listening to the Watch Pod with Andy Greenwald and Chris Ryan on, on the Ringers Podcast Network, and they 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 didn't even want to talk about Suicide Squad because they just knew it was bad, and one of them wasn't <laughs> even going to bother seeing it. But they just like spent like fifteen minutes talking about how Joel Kinnaman's agent got his name on top of the poster, along with Margot Robbie, Jared Leto, Viola Davis, Will Smith, who were like all like much more legitimate movie stars, of regardless course. of how you thought they were in this movie. Yeah, and yeah, and I did think he was like probably the worst performance in the movie, but we can get to that later. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, continue talking about your other general suicide squad. Yeah, stuff. no, Sorry. I mean, I think that there's the Josh and I talked before we started recording, and we're not really sure what we could spoil in this movie. Um, so, which is really bad. If like you're like a superhero movie, you should be like building to something that's worth spoiling. And when you fail to do that, that's like pretty damning in and of itself. Despite all the other problems there are with this movie. Yeah, so I think we're just gonna talk about it openly. So if you haven't seen it, honestly, I don't think we're really spoiling anything. Uh, it's just sort of maybe screen time for characters or sort of just minimal plot stuff that isn't really important. Um, if you're someone on Twitter a lot, he's on Twitter a lot, then you probably already know about it. Cause like I saw stuff about oh, yeah. some screen time stuff anyway. So I kind yeah. of expect, I was expecting that going in. Yeah. So yeah. Um, man, where do you want to start? This movie's fucking terrible, Josh. Uh, it's really yeah, bad. So, um, <laughs> yes. Well, I guess what my, my first question for you would be, um, well, first of all, I was like actually really excited when I saw this trailer. You, you were smarter than me about that, and you were <laughs> tempered, and you're like, I, I don't have any faith in DC. And I was like, Yeah, but I love David Ayer. You're like, Yeah, but it's still DC. And uh, and, and you're right. And I think some people have uh, tried to blame this more in DC than David Ayer, but I don't really know if that's like maybe letting him off the hook a little bit because the movie's a mess. And I think some of it, even if DC did interfere, is things that a better director and a better script yeah. maybe could have mitigated to a certain extent. Uh, like I, I feel weird like asking you like what was your biggest problem because like I like I said before we got on the pod I had a lot of biggest problems. Oh yeah. But like if, if there is one thing that like I like I, I was listening to the Red Letter Media guys talk about it and they they were more ha- happy about the second half than the first half. Not even happy. They were just less angry about it. They thought it was okay at parts. But I mean, were, were there any was there were there any like positives that you could separate out from this? Was there a part that like was there a part where you're like there could have been a good movie here, but they did this? Well, what was like your one big takeaway for like where things went wrong? Uh, honestly, man, like the movie isn't fun, and that's I yeah. think that's the biggest problem is. Uh, it, it's kind of cliche to say, but this is sort of DC's answer to Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, lesser known superheroes, whatever. I mean, granted, you have Harley and Joker, but Harley hasn't really been featured in movies. Um, and I, it's just not fun. And it's supposed to be fun. And that's sort of like, it's supposed to be like 
very colorful and very quirky and they sort of do that in the beginning like five minutes with viola davis talking when they're like introing the characters but even that Dude, that's not that's of, not that's not five minutes that's a big okay. problem that's yeah, like it's that's like, like five minutes. minutes per character sure. yeah but but that's what i'm saying is like that is supposed to be that that should have been way more fun than it was and then the rest of the movie is just like so bland yeah, so and, let's start there. Oh, let's, let's, let's start. Let's start right there because you're saying that's supposed to be a fun part, and I agree. That's that's what they're going for. And I heard a lot of people talking about it before I saw the movie about how they were going for like a mix between Ocean's Eleven and The Dark Knight or something like that because they're trying to do that kind of fun introductory getting the gang together thing. But then also they had some dark stuff. And after I saw the movie, I actually went back last night because Ocean's Eleven is one of my five favorite movies of all time. And I went back last night and watched the first hour of it just to kind of get a sense for what they could have done better in this movie that Ocean's Eleven got right. And Ocean's Eleven has 11 characters that they need to establish. And I mean, obviously a lot of them have less screen time than others, but they have this sequence in it where they go get, they talk about getting each of the guys together on the team. And none of them, except this is like once Matt Damon and or once uh, Brad Pitt, George Clooney are already yeah. together. I mean, that, that takes a little longer, but they're like the main dudes. So that's understandable. But like there's nine other guys and once they actually start going and collecting them, none of those scenes are more than two minutes long except for the Matt Damon one, which is like two and a half minutes, which is understandable because that guy um, plays a more pivotal role. And each of those little vignettes where they go and get the guys are funnier, more concise, and tell you more about the characters than anything they did in Suicide Squad where Suicide Squad only had like f- six characters to go get and it spends literally a fourth of the movie doing it, which is – really problematic because you already are trying to like jam pack a ton of stuff into the next hour and a half and you are just like took so much time away from doing that just to establish these characters which you then reintroduce again anyway it's really like so much wasted motion that's probably not even as fun as it should be like it's like just like a little quick thing that shows the characters doing something where here it's viola davis telling you about them as yeah that's the thing like you learning more about them it's her just it's her telling as opposed to them showing or even them telling through the characters' voices. It's so much exposition of what's happening on screen, and it's so annoying. We just don't need that. And it's so disappointing that a studio this big in a movie that's supposed to be this uh, big, I guess, they fall into this trap that so many movies do, and it just doesn't make any sense to me because – I don't know. Maybe it's on air. I don't know. Uh, the movie is supposed to be like a dark comedy, and it's supposed to be fun, and it's supposed to be serious at the same time. So I'll give them that. Like, but I, I don't know. It just I, I just didn't feel like anything worked, and it was so everything to me just seemed like they they were all in a room, and they were like, "What is like the most popular slash cliche thing for each character? Let's do that." Because there's a scene yeah, it was where, really it was really bad for Diablo. Uh, I thought, like, it oh, was bad make... for Diablo, but he was also he also had more humanity than almost any. He was, other he was more he was more interesting. I, I was talking more about his flashback. Sure. I mean, oh yeah. I I, 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 liked, I liked his I liked his character going forward, and that he was trying to obviously um, fight back against what the, the position they were putting him in, and yeah. like that was fine. I like Jay Hernandez randomly. He's a pretty ra- obscure actor all things considered but i've seen him in stuff before and i think he's good but like the whole hispanic gangster background yeah, thing it, it was, I, I didn't yeah that, i mean as far as you're talking about like a cliche setup for something like that that wasn't that was no bueno there's nothing there's nothing more descriptive of it than when they go to this scene where the joker is in his house and he's like on the or he's like talking to his henchman or whatever and then they like pan backwards and the whole wall just says ha 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 written all over it from top to bottom and it's like that's literally that's like that's not the only thing that the Joker says. Like you guys don't like we get it. He, he says that every other time he speaks. So we don't need that in the background of the wall. And then he lays back into like a perfectly formed circle of knives and guns and weapons. And before before was, we get to some of the the bigger problems with with the with the overall uh, structure of it, because that's probably my bigger one of my bigger problems is just the way they the, the way they structure it and the way they go towards the climax of the movie but you were talking about how it didn't feel fun for me i mean i agree i was pretty bored for most of it but did you feel like it didn't even feel like to me that the a lot of people were thought that it just felt like too much studio interference and they were like you could tell where they did the reshoots to put the funny stuff back in and i don't know if i totally agreed with that because i felt like the stuff where they tried to go for the funny thing was in within character for most of these people like some people like complain about the scene where harley bashes in the store window or whatever and i'm like that would be a cool aside in a better movie, but here it's just like it maybe doesn't work. It was also in the trailers. Well, it was uh, fine, except she said, well, we're bad guys. It's what it's like, we do. And it's like, oh, my God, you don't need to beat us over the head with this this motif. Like, we get it. Oh, my God. Did, but, like, uh, did you 
I guess what I'm saying is, did you feel like they, um, even if you didn't think that stuff was funny, did you think that they did as good of a, do you think, would you want to, what I'm, I guess I'm getting at, it's, I guess the Harley and the Joker are supposed to be the fun part of it. Yeah. And you sent me this tweet, which I thought was really interesting about how a lot of the deleted scenes had the Joker. And I guess this is just getting more at Jared Leto's performance. And we don't have to talk about all the performances now, but did you think, regardless of how you felt about it, did you feel like they should have just had more of them in there as opposed to having the Joker feel a little more disconnected like he did? Would that have would that have made it more fun in a believable way as opposed to being kind of intermittently trying to put fun stuff in there, possibly? Uh, I, I don't know, man. I think that... I don't know. I just think it's sort of like a natural progression of the script, you know? I don't think like you can put fun stuff in a movie just retroactively going back in the script and saying... We need a fun thing at twenty four eighteen, and we need a fun thing in this scene. And da, da, da. I think that if you have a grasp of your characters when you're writing the script and you're shooting the movie, that it sort of just comes naturally. And I'm sure there are times when the actors themselves sort of just do it on their own and they and they say stuff and then they leave it in the movie or gives them an idea of a rewrite or something. And I don't know. And as far as Joker goes, I mean, he was kind of terrible too. And his whole stuff in the movie was... I mean, you said disconnected, and I mean, there's not really a better word for it than that. I don't think it was uh, – stuff was sort of hard to follow, but also it just didn't really make any sense throughout the movie, and I guess that's going to the structure part too. So I don't know. That's sort of how I feel about it. So you you, you just didn't like his performance? Because we don't have much of the I don't – I mean, I'm not a big fan of the stuff prior – the Batman films prior to the Christopher Nolan ones, so I don't have anything to compare it to besides an Oscar-winning performance from Heath Ledger, yeah. which – I mean, like, we, I think it'll obviously these movies are going to get made in perpetuity, probably. So that's for whoever takes on that role, like, that's inevitably going to happen. I, I mean, I, th- anything that falls short of that can't be considered a failure. But it's like, uh, how how different should he have tried to have been? I mean, I mean he's wasn't obviously. Were weird. you like, m- was he like menacing at all to you? No. But but he also wasn't like in a position where he was. He didn't interact with anyone aside from Harley. So yeah. Exactly. Aside from That's the one, aside, the problem, aside from the one scene with Ike Barinholtz, like I thought that yes, you obviously want that guy to be a menacing character, but it's at the same time he his 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 aims with Harley aren't necessarily that. I mean, once he gets her to, it's it's a well. That, that was that was another problem. Is that like it? it the, the, what the half in the bad guy said was that all their stuff felt like a sequel to a movie that had never been made in the first oh place. Oh my god! Yeah. So and it, which is also pr- pretty weird because like there's interesting stuff there and there are really serious issues with like just like a abusive relationship and yeah, it's deep seated stuff in the comics stuff. for sure. And and, and, and it, yeah, but it, like you can't. I feel like if you're gonna go there, you gotta you gotta, you gotta commit. Do it. You got to do it better than they did it there, but at the same time, when you're trying to service like six other characters, you can't give that. There's just no way to do that without making it a two-hour and forty-minute movie. And if you do that, then it's then I would have hated it as much as I did Batman <laughs> v Superman because really the only thing that's separating Batman v Superman and this movie from for me is the fact that I had to sit through this movie for forty minutes less. Man, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I I was I don't want to say it was up all night contemplating which of the three recent DC movies is the worst one. But I thought about it a lot after I saw this yesterday. Yeah, so I'm just saying, like, and we can. We I think that'd be a fun thing to talk about at the end of the podcast once we've given all of our thoughts on this movie. But I think for something like this, that it's just that all the stuff with the Joker, like that, that it would have felt like it served a better purpose, and they could have found a better way of dealing with him and Harley's relationship. But instead, it was like all these flashbacks that were supposed to. They felt like. They were expecting us to have some kind of context for, but we didn't. Yeah, so it was like fan servicey stuff, but it was bad fan servicey stuff. Because it's like, oh, here I'm gonna like I'm gonna like sell you for sex to a drug dealer, and we're just gonna kind of laugh about it. And Com- yeah, by common, by the way, yeah, <laughs> which so was so like, weird. <laughs> it was just like it, it was so much weird stuff that like I think would be a wor- worthy of a movie. And like she's supposed to get a movie. I don't know. It hasn't like gotten totally greenlit, but I guess people got so excited about trailers and maybe in their own little DC bubble where they actually thought this might be a good movie. They thought that, yeah, people will be really excited for a Hurley Quinn movie. And I think people have come out of it, like thinking she was like the, if there's one good thing in the movie, it was probably her, but it's just, I think a lot of stuff, like it would have made more sense. Cause like you have to have a good foundation. I think if you're going to do these kind of big, uh, ensemble, ensemble movies, movies, which is, yeah. which is, which is what Marvel did. They, before they did the Avengers, they'd given a lot of those other characters, like their own movie and introduced other characters within them. And, uh, 
it, it kind of made sense. And then when you just try and do all of this and you try and derive all this emotion from the stuff in the character's past, and then you try and do it all from flashbacks that aren't totally, you don't know the characters well enough to totally care about the flashbacks. It's like really problematic. So even if they do a Harley Quinn movie, it feels like a missed opportunity to like, I've actually like really dealt, delved into some serious themes while also taking advantage of the fact that inherently her character is going to be a little funnier, but that would have only made sense if they had like done some kind of Harley Joker movie prior to this. Yeah. I think that, DC and Warner's uh, reboot franchise right now is just fundamentally screwed because they they tried to do this. They did Man of Steel and then they just did Ensemble, Ensemble, and it has not worked out really at all. And I think that was a bigger problem with Batman v Superman because there was almost like three different movies in there like we talked about on that podcast. And just all these people coming together, it's just strange. And the thing is that Suicide Squad doesn't need – none of those characters need their own movie to make that movie work. It just they they just did it very poorly. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I think there's a way to like introduce them. Like I just said earlier, Ocean's Eleven did it, but the fact is, if you're going to try and like harken back to a past that we don't know anything about, yeah. that's just yeah. not a good way of going about it. Which is one one of the worst things about it here. But to to get back more onto Suicide Squad specifically, so we talked about how we we've just covered how they just didn't really do a good job of like introducing any of these people. But once they do kind of get together, uh. I, I think I, th- I think the whole conceit for the movie is just kind of dumb. Like, they, like that was the one thing that did worry me when I first saw the first trailer. As cool as I thought it looked, when um, when Viola Davis is talking about what what the purpose for the team is, it's like I want them to act against their own self interest because I'm really good against doing that. And I was like, why would they do that? I don't really get it. And it's like, well, okay, well if you're gonna put something in their neck that can kill them, like I get why they'll I, why yeah. they why they'll listen to you. But then go further, and it's like what's your purpose for actually putting together this team? And she's like, well, what if the next Superman is bad? Well, okay, it's like, that person doesn't exist yet, so you're going to let them out of prison for like a non-existent threat. But then you're going to create the threat yourself, I guess, is what they kind of do with Enchantress. It's like they have her locked up, and it's like it's like a totally self-created thing, kind of like Tony Stark and Ultron, but it's like even well, less pointless. <laughs> because it's like, at least, at least you got the idea that like Tony Stark, he has a big ego and therefore he might actually want to do something like this as bad of an idea as it might be. Like it makes sense for him to go there, but it's like, she, it seems like she's just kind of creating this huge problem for no particular reason at all, which I found kind of problematic, but I didn't really, I didn't dwell on it too much while I was watching the movie. Cause I mean, the movie moves on to other stuff, but I just think that's just a really dumb, dumb a dumb starting point for like where you're going to get your villain from. You know? Yeah. Well, I think the bigger villain is Viola Davis in in the end yeah. more than Enchantress because the whole thing with Enchantress and her video game looking brother or whatever was like it was just dumb. It just, mm. They didn't give us enough info. Like they they sort of tease us and they sort of like read out of a book information about her, and then and then that's sort of it. And then she just has first of all, Kara Del Levine might not want to act anymore. But see, I. I mean, like, I don't really like. I mean, I was obviously that was the first thing I said when we left Paper Towns. Like, I was worried she was going to ruin Super Suicide Squad. I don't really think it was like her fault. Like, she just sat there and like. Well, she wore, her, it wasn't even her real voice or her actual yeah, face. So that's, 90% that's, that's of I think it was like all computer synthesized and CGI and everything. It's like I don't really blame that on her. Not that I think it would have been any better if it was actually her talking, but it's like they didn't even give her the chance to fuck it up. So well. it's hard because they just turned it into a big computer CGI voice synthesizer thingy. Yeah. So it's like. I, I I don't even necessarily blame that on her, but maybe they only did that because it would have been they figured out it would have been worse if it was actually. I mean, her. I just feel like the ten percent of the movie when she was actually June was not good. But yeah, maybe I that's that just almost me. As much on her on-screen partner, but we can. Oh get to my him god, in. he is so terrible. Have, have you whole... seen him in anything before? We can talk about him. No, now. I read that he was in House of Cards, but thank God I don't watch the garbage TV, so I I didn't know who he was. Yeah, that's a garbage TV show that I've stuck with, and I guess and well, first he did like the RoboCop remake, which I oh, guess I have that on my computer, but I never watched it. I heard it was good. Oh, but... you did? The okay, actual well, they... RoboCop. I mean, I didn't hear he was good, but I heard that movie was kind of fun. Okay, well, maybe that's. I mean, I, I don't know. I never watched it. I'm not and, gonna like, watch I, it now because he's in it. I, yeah, I didn't know they re. I didn't know they remade RoboCop in the first place. So I, I, at first, I thought maybe that was like an indictment of him and how he's not a very good actor. But I, but like, he was in House of Cards and he in this past season he played the Republican nominee who was like the. Uh, it's RoboCop's at 49 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so whatever. But they. 
he played the Republican op- opposition to Frank Underwood in the election. And it's like he he totally like I was a, a friend of ours online was uh, pointed out that I was trying I was explaining what was wrong with him in House of Cards. And our friend Arjun said that it was a problem with his charisma, which I totally agree with because he was giving these inspiring speeches what were supposed to be inspiring speeches that were rallying the Republican party and house of cards. And it was just like, it, it was so flat. It's like, am I really supposed to buy this guy as his politicians? Is this going to inspire thousands of people? And he was actually kind of okay. in like these scenes where he has to be behind the scenes and like kind of scheming like a devious politician, sure. but it was very, it was something that you kind of had to play in an understated way. And I, Felt the same way here, except he was even worse in the quieter scenes because it's like he's barking these orders at Will Smith, who and Will Smith is yelling stuff back at him. And I'm a bigger Will Smith fan than you, but like next to this guy, Will Smith looks like uh, Daniel Day, Daniel Day Lewis <laughs> because this, this guy's like yelling these orders as his sergeant. It feels so forced and stilted and terrible. And Will Smith, like even if even if the writing for Will Smith's not bad, like you can just tell how much of a better actor he is than him just because the delivery seems like at least kind of normal. And Joel Kinnaman's just terrible and doesn't know how to like yell in a naturalistic way and it's not it's not as actively bad in those scenes where she um where um enchantress is june but it's just like they're so terrible and i think it's as much of his fault it's like i'm i'm in love with her i'm in love with her did you get to the part of the binder that said i was sleeping with her (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's just so bad and it's like i feel like you could have found like any number of generic looking white dudes in hollywood that like wouldn't have like made those scenes so like noticeably terrible as him and but i guess he just looks like a movie star and like people might does people, he? Like, i don't know <laughs> i get well why else does a guy that's not good at acting get a, like parts like this because it's because he looks the part so hopefully people realize like not that like he's the main reason this movie's so bad but it just kind of stick out with the sore thumb because regard like i mean regardless of how well written those other characters are they're all played by better actors than him um even jai courtney like i mean yeah. I, I never People talk shit about Jai Courtney, and I don't. I don't. I mean, I, I remember liking Jack Reacher. I don't remember him being memorable in it. He, Terminator. He wasn't. He's good in Terminator. Like I didn't see that, and then he he wasn't that great in the Divergent movies. But here, I actually thought he was funny, even if I thought that character was totally pointless. Like at least I thought. Like I thought he had a better screen presence than someone like Joel Kinnaman. Like, like next to yeah. everyone, Joel. Like, why are you here, Joel Kinnaman? Like, you suck. Even the dude <laughs> that died. That they. Yeah, he was cool for, for like. Five a, he was cool for like ten seconds. He was in the movie. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? I'm not sure. Who I would say is worse, Joel Kinnaman or Croc, because that was horrendous. Also, uh, I that, mean that almost was like, like that was like borderline too. offensive. I feel like, right? I mean, I it mean, was just strange. It's another thing where it's like I, I I don't I don't know what all goes into like making someone look like that and then changing their voice and how much they can affect the how the performance comes across once you like cover them up under that much stuff because like can you i can't I mean like i guess the best version of like something like that is dave batista in guardians like you can really when his your timing's down and i you have clearly have good comic timing and some kind of delivery but or this was even in x-men i mean i don't know right 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 it's, it's a good one too like there's ways to make that good and yeah, he definitely didn't work as well as those characters. I'm, I'm not gonna lie; like, I laughed when I laughed like at a, him at a couple points. But I mean, it didn't it clearly didn't work t- to the same extent that the other characters did, even if they didn't work that well. I keep having to qual- so... keep having to qual- He said, he said, I laughed when he said BAT at the end. Yeah, what? Like, oh my god! <laughs> I laughed. I can't. I couldn't help. He it. said, "I live I in the water. You guys are just tourists." <laughs> 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 who the fuck? Who the fuck greenlit that that line? I don't understand. Well, yeah, but, I don't but like, so the thing is with these ensemble movies, these people are supposed to, like, they're supposed to have a reason to be together. They're supposed to, like, have conflict, but also, like, end up being like, yeah, we want to fight for each other. And then they're supposed to like have fun, and you're supposed to like their interactions. And here it was just so, it was so stale. Everything was so stale. The bar scene was okay. But there wasn't really enough of that. Well, if, 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 I mean, like, in, in that, that thing you sent me of cuts, I mean, it seemed like they cut a good chunk out of that scene for, yeah. for some reason, which is like if if you had some kind of mandate to go back and make the movie a little more fun and you had extra footage from that and you didn't put it in, it doesn't it doesn't really speak well to the editor or whoever had final say on that, whether it be Zack Snyder or David Ayer or David Ayer's editor or whoever. Yeah. I don't I, I don't know. But um, yeah, that, that, that scene had potential and it just it, – but if know. that's your peak, then that's a big that's a big problem. And to me, that was the peak of of bad guys working together, wanting to fight for each other, right there. And that was 
I was like, okay. Well, the thing is, they, they didn't even really totally earn that anyway. Like, exactly. even if I like this scene, yeah, they, yeah, it's like yeah. Har- at one point, Harley's like all, all down to go find the Joker. And then all of a sudden, she's like, no, I need to go be with my friends. It's like, why the fuck are you friends? You've known each other for like 12 hours. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and then, and then Jay Hernandez, Diablo's like, I lost one family. I'm not about to lose another. It's like, bro, you you literally you like five, refused to you've yeah. refused to fight for them the whole movie, and now all of a sudden they're your family. Yeah. <laughs> even even if I understood why he was making those decisions throughout yeah. the movie, yeah, you can, really- That's the thing is you can understand it, but like you said, nothing, none of none of it is earned at all with any of those guys. Yeah. Um. And. I mean, uh, I think I don't. I, I've listened to a few different podcasts, and I think it was also Red Letter Media, though, that said that like, did it even make any sense for them to be the people that fight this force? Because none of them are actually, none of them actually. I mean, they have like really like Deadshot has like super advanced skills, and like the boomerang guy throws a boomerang. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Tom Hardy's it, uh, superpowers were very understated here. And yeah, he, he had the, he had the ability to like crack a beer and get one from out of nowhere <laughs> whenever he needed one. Uh, but the um. But like it's not like the only like Diablo is probably the only one that actually like had powers that would like really do anything against like a Superman type force or like a, yeah. something that powerful and so it it it, it kind of didn't totally make sense for them to be the ones doing it anyway. But then uh, even even once they were in fights, like it's just they weren't good fight scenes because they didn't have good villains, which is also a point. Like yeah. I I feel like. Like that, I mean, that's like the like the first like the big the big fight scene in Civil War. Like that was so good because it actually like you actually got to get good character moments and they were because they were. I mean, yeah, they were fighting people that we knew, so that's a lot easier. But it's like you don't have to achieve that goal if you're Suicide Squad. But to like have their big fight be aside from the last scene where you're fighting fighting a big cloud, one of the more un, uh, unoriginal concepts we've seen in one of these movies. <laughs> it's a, it's a, they're fighting like these baseless blobs of literally have, literally have, faceless blobs so it's like you you already you, you really cut yourself off the knees and there's really very little upside you can possibly have in a scene like that where like that's what they're fighting against which is um i i don't know like i, I feel like you like you got to ask yourself like what are how is this really enhancing the movie at all just to like watch deadshot shooting something that's about as interesting as the targets he's shooting in the prison yeah. like it's not really doing a lot for you yeah and did you see the report from Collider maybe a week or two ago about how the what happened with the screenings for this movie like the pre-screenings for this movie I actually read a David Ayer interview that just dropped on Collider today yeah, where like he I, talked I just read that too but and like it, so, it didn't seem like that deterred by anything they heard. well they went back to I guess the, the implication was they should maybe shouldn't have listened to them as much in those screeners yeah so what what happened was what I read from Collider was that David Ayer cut his movie and then there was like a screen test and I guess either the ex- – I think the execs didn't really like the results or the results weren't good, probably both. <laughs> and so then Warner Brothers partnered with some like uh, movie trailer company, and they recut the movie together, and then they did a screening of that movie, and the same thing happened. And then they ended up sort of combining uh, Ayer's cut with the movie trailer company's cut, and then they put out the final cut. And David Ayer kind of refuted that and said, no, like this is my movie – I'm behind everything the studio did, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I had read that because of that, like we sort of just got dropped into scenes that didn't make any sense and whatever. And I don't think that was more true than anything uh, when Katana just comes on the screen and then she, or in Japan and she's like fighting people. It was like, what was and then that? She, just jumped, she jumps on the plane like, hey, guys. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> and then Joel Kinman says her superpower is that her sword holds people's souls. It's like, oh my god! Fuck? Like I was like, is that literal or is that you just try to be like mysterious and with right. your language? Right. And then you have that scene, like that, like ten second scene where she's like crying to her sword, which is totally like, wait, wh- why do we care about this? Yeah, all, all all of that is definitely really bad. And like I, I mean, that, that, like I said earlier, I, I didn't necessarily see it as like them cutting like. That was what some people said was that they they felt like they could see where they went back and did reshoots and put the funny stuff in and I didn't even agree with that if I just thought maybe it wasn't as funny as they wanted it to be but I could definitely tell that they had like three cuts and they didn't really know how to organize it like it was just a really all. a really bad editing job was more how more how I took it and I the, the part that I think it hurt more than anything which I've uh, was probably ultimately my biggest part was just the entire thing with Enchantress like yeah. complete like like the first scene where it's like like he's bringing her to that train station to for some reason to 
do something and then or i guess it's because her brother's already gotten out at that point and he needs her to stop her but then it's like they have to go back there later and like i I couldn't follow any of it and no it's not your fault dude like nobody could because it didn't make any sense and one time they don't give us exposition you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah they're, they're trying to show us something but because they haven't really laid the groundwork for it it doesn't it doesn't make any sense and i I don't know if there is some edit with the footage that they shot that would have i feel like if i feel like if if you have that as many people as i'm sure pre-screen these movies i'm sure i don't know how someone didn't say like hey this doesn't totally hold together and that was like the thing that bothered me most is like you already are cutting you already are hindering yourself a little bit by hiring a not good actress to play this part and then you also (laughs) Are having it's just not really that dynamic of a villain to begin with, but at the very least, like you need to have it make sense, and I don't even think it totally made that much sense at all. Yeah, and I, so I, I think I mentioned it earlier, but there's just no like humanity in this movie. There's no reason for you to care about Metro City and the people in Metro City because the only time we really get flashbacks to other people that aren't metahumans or government is Will Smith, Will Smith's daughter, oh, and so and that's it. Uh, yeah, and it and feels a, like a it feels like a ghost town. I mean, as, yeah. say what you will about Marvel and just any other superhero movies that are about that. It's like we've seen you blow up cities a hundred times. Like we don't need to see you do this again. But at least when that happens, they it feels like there's some kind of stakes because like yeah. you can see that there are people whose lives are in danger. And I don't. And while I've said before, like I don't need the whole entire. I don't need to feel like the entire world's at stake. I would rather that be the case than it be like. There's some widow, some witch lady in the train station opening up a cloud. I don't really know what's going to happen if she gets to keep opening up the cloud. Like I, I just, <laughs> like I, like I'd, ra- I'd rather it be all the way to the other end than what, whatever the hell that yeah. was. Because like it just seems like they're just running through an empty city, and you don't really, you don't really feel much at all. Yeah, and and, and to contrast that with something like Daredevil or Jessica Jones, where it's just this little local place, but you can feel like uh, yeah, maybe it's, Daredevil it's, less so, but. You can feel like the stakes for the people around them, and and they shoot they and, shoot on location in New York City. Uh, yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. Where, I don't know if they, I think they. I don't remember where they filmed Suicide Squad, um, but it's like it, you you can tell they're shooting in New York and like that they have actual people walking around. It feels like you have a real sense of time and place. And that was something I was listening to the Fighting in the War Room podcast, and they're like, "Say what you will about David Ayer, because some people don't like him as much as I like him." And he 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 directed Fury and End of Watch, and he uh, did uh, he wrote um, Training Day and The Fast and the Furious, and uh, like all of his movies. Like you have a sense, and at least with the ones he directed, I would say first and foremost, like you have a sense of like where you are and what's going on. Like in Fury, like you as intense as war scenes can get, like you know what's going on in that in those scenes or in end of watch like as like those are some pretty intense long scenes where a lot of stuff is going on but like you're able to follow it but here it's like you just have no idea what the hell is going on or where 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 anyone is or what's going on like that that whole entire sequence that leads up to them getting viola davis out of the out of that building it's like i I was like i I thought they were like i thought like i thought that whole time they were running to wherever enchantress was yeah i I had no idea make any sense i had no idea what the goal of this little mission was to go through that building but as far as i could tell like they keep cutting between Enchantress and them, and I think the whole thing is like leading up to like them finding her, which doesn't happen until later in the movie. But it's like, how am I supposed to be invested in this scene at all if I have no idea what the hell you guys are like going to this building for? It was just kind of like, like I don't know. And then and then it's even more dumb after that, where the old days is like, I'm just gonna kill my whole staff. It's like cool, okay, like yeah. that's great. Like I don't know, it just like it, the, it, it's just like. I, I get why maybe some people thought the second half of the movie was better because there wasn't much exposition, but I just don't think it was organized that well at all. No, and the action was kind of boring. But uh, let me posit you a question that I never thought that I would ever ask. Okay. Uh, do you think that this movie would have been better if Zack Snyder directed it? <sighs> well, I mean, I guess this gets at the – I mean, we were going to talk about this versus Batman v Superman anyway. I mean, I mean, like the one thing you can say about Zack Snyder movies is that like they do look good. Um, even if they're really stupid and the character decisions don't make any sense and like the performances might be over the top, like at least I felt like in Batman v Superman, like I felt like I was in a city that like was worth protecting. Sure. And, Except at the uh, end when they there are oh, no they, civilians they, they, yeah. around. Oh, right, 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 right. Like most <laughs> of the movie ends up until that point where they tell us for like five different times that they're not gonna kill any innocent people. I mean, that that's what I'll say about Zack Snyder. It's just if you had asked me that before I saw Suicide Squad, I'd obviously say, like, yeah, hell no, because, I mean, like, David Ayer's made a lot of good stuff. Um, 
And it also, it also goes back, like I said earlier, like a lot of people are thinking that like this is DC's fault, not his fault. And I don't like I think that's letting him off the hook as much as I like David Ayer because there's stuff that I think he could have still done better within the whatever parameters DC gave him. Um, I don't really like if, if this, I mean, I would say maybe that's a possibility that it'd be better as Zack Snyder if like there had been a few more redeeming qualities of the previous two DC movies. But it's like. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think of what he would have done differently, except maybe shot it a little differently, so like it, that city looked better. I don't, I can't really think of that many other positives it would have had, just since, like, it's those movies are like really just as problematic and even more boring, probably in some yeah. respects. Well, at least Zack Snyder commits to terribly dark and grim and and no fun stuff, and this movie is just sort of. Uh, to use a word that we've been using on Twitter today, purgatory, in the terms of like what tone it wants and what and what like, emotions it wants to elicit from the audience and stuff, and it just nothing. Yeah, but I don't. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I just, I just, I just didn't feel anything except when I laughed at how horrible some of these scenes were. Yeah, I mean that doesn't like going between tones doesn't wouldn't really bother me if like the movie made if the movie made sense. Uh, it just doesn't, and and the, yeah. and the villain was good. Um, like I can, I can see why it'd be better to be consistent throughout, but like, I'd almost, I prefer like a version of this that just like, where like the, the final, the, all those sequences in the second half of the movie made sense. Then I would much, much, much prefer this to Batman v Superman. And, uh, even if like they, it couldn't decide what tone it wanted, because I'd rather have something like a few, a few funny parts, even if they feel out of place and just like then Batman staring at his fucking suit for 15 seconds for no particular reason, like in looking all morose. Like I'd, I, I, I prefer the former to that, but, um, I, it's just, he, it just wasn't very good. It just wasn't, it just didn't make sense and it wasn't edited together well. And the plot was a mess. And I mean, I'll, I'll say that for like, but the Snyder movies, like, I don't even know if it's, it felt like, especially Man of Steel where it just like nothing happens. Like, yeah. I feel, I feel like I'd rather a movie fail because it tried to do too much than like, it just like sat there and wallowed in its own darkness. Um, but that, I get, I don't know, but like, I, I feel like I'm just trying to choose between a bunch of bad options at that point. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, it, yeah, but like you said, it is kind of terrible that you even had to ask the question, given <laughs> the, the given the cool things that David Ayer has done in his past. I thought it was um, hilarious too. Like this movie was sort of like out of place in the universe too. They tried so hard to fit it in the universe, like after Batman okay, yeah, Superman, yeah. but it was also just like terrible. So like, so like the mid credit sequence, like it was does that horrible. Make any, no, does that it, make it any no sense, sense given what we given what we see in Batman v Superman of him like getting into Lex's files and he already knows who all those people are and now he's having to cut some deal with Viola Davis to get information that if we're supposed to think this chronologically takes place after that then which like, they mention explicitly in the movie multiple times okay so at that point like this is a bunch of information like he already has right uh, he already yeah. knows who these people are yeah on, like the files that Wonder Woman sends the in. justice league trailer already too so, so it's not telling us any new information no it's not telling us any new information so why even have a post-credit scene except to get ben affleck on screen of the old davis uh which whatever i didn't care either I mean, it was yeah. it was kind of cool to see Batman in this movie for a minute or two, but it also was kind made, of just but lame. like that. But, but the, like, I mean, it made sense that like he would have been the guy that yeah, put those villains sure. away. So that, yeah, yeah. that's fine if you can get Ben Affleck to show up. And I mean, cool. Yet you, I think that I, I read you like we read in that Collider interview this morning. They shot that um, they shot that Ezra Miller scene like on the set of Justice League, and just like here's Suicide Squad. Put this yeah. in your randomly in your movie, which whatever. Like that's fine too. Yeah. But I mean, the, yeah, the, the mid credits thing made made not much sense and it's like if you already like it's like it also shows that she already has all that information about those people anyway like and as far as we know like they're not being treated inexplicably like terrorists like superman was in batman v superman like as like we we've already talked about why that was a problem in that movie but it's like she knows about all these other people who as far as we know like they're not out there doing terrible stuff so why does she even feel the need to like put the suicide squad together if like she might as opposed to doing that and go after like all these other people, you know, and try and get them to like fight for good, you know? Yeah, uh, if she knows that she knows she also knows they exist. It's one thing if Batman's trying to do that on his own, but it's like if Viola Davis knows that, like why well, let this crazy Mayan Aztec witch out of her bottle when you can just go after all these other guys that might actually be good guys yeah. for your help? I think I that know. it's funny that they're really trying to jam down our throats that Superman is dead, especially after that scene in Batman v Superman. Oh God, yeah. And they had that Superman Remember shirt. Did you laugh? I laughed. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I know. I'm, 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 
I forgot what point the movie was. Viola Davis is like walking into the into the dinner with the two old white. Oh yeah, and there's a guy outside selling a Superman Remembers T-shirt. It just elicited uh, like leftovers uh, vibe for me for a second. Well, yeah, and and even if you're gonna complain, like why have the thing at the end of Batman v Superman where like it looks like the the stuff starts to move off the top of the casket or whatever? It's like if you're gonna really try and tell us he's dead, like don't put that in there. Yeah, Um, I agree. One of my buddies was trying to say that he totally believes Superman is dead and. Whatever, whatever, and I'm like, nah, dude, like, like, I, I just, I can't, I can't believe that opinion. So no, it's like, it, it makes no sense that you're gonna have a Justice League without Superman. Like, I don't, I don't even know anything about, I don't, I don't know much about comics at all, and even though I know that's stupid. Yeah, he's uh-huh. he's gonna come back without question. So, I don't know. Uh, okay, so uh, before we like uh, try and dissect our feelings on each of those movies, did you have any other thoughts just on the performances in general? I mean, it seems like you weren't that high on Leto. I thought they were all pretty uh-huh. bad, just across the board. I think. You, so you didn't even like Margot Robbie? Um, she was okay, but some of the stuff was also like not tasteful with her, and that's not her fault though. Um, Is it? No, but I don't know. I mean. No, I, I get it. I saw. Not. I saw. I, I don't remember where I, where I saw this one, but it was a, unfortunately a fairly accurate statement. Was that like um, her ass has more screen time than like half of the Suicide Squad? Yep, which is probably true. Um, but like as far as what she was, I, I don't know if I quite enjoyed her as much as I enjoyed. Uh, as I was hoping to, or as much as it seemed like other people did, because there were a few like a few times where it was like she was trying to like play up a New York accent almost. Yeah, and Wolf it, of Wall Street accent you know, for sure. And she, I, but the thing is, like I thought she was good in Wolf of Wall Street. It just seemed kind of weird because like she was going for it on like a handful of times in this movie, where it's like just go with the voice that you're not using when you're trying to do the New York thing, and it'd come, it'd be a lot more consistent. I was like, and you know, she's Australian, and it's very impressive that she has the ability to even sound like that. But it doesn't make any sense to do that for. 25 to 40 percent of the movie like she did here so that was a little off-putting but like i like the character and as i explained earlier i think there's a way you could build a movie around here and um it seems like suicide squad might end up making enough money anyway that they won't be deterred from making the harley quinn movie if that's what they decide to do i just hope they do it well i think Um, a movie with her and joker should be r and the other characters could have a pg-13 movie yeah um how did you feel about uh your boy will smith he was better than I initially gave him credit for, but he also. But the stuff with his daughter scenes. was bad. The stuff yeah. with his daughter was bad. Like yeah. he sees her like in the mannequin. It's like, come on. Yeah. Uh, I need to know like, my daughter doesn't think her dad's a piece of shit. Yeah, that uh, stuff. Oh, okay. And I thought like I thought he did like as well as he could without like I thought his dialogue was like noticeably more corny than the rest of them. Like and he sold it better for sure. Yeah, and like I thought that I mean, and like I said, it helps that he was like opposite Joel Kinnaman for a lot of those scenes. Absolutely, but. But, like, even, like, Joel Kinnaman's dialogue was, like, made more sense for that character to be saying. He just sounded, like, terrible saying it. Yes. And whereas, like, like, with Will Smith, it was, like, his stuff is, like, super corny, especially the stuff with his daughter. And he doesn't sound as ridiculous saying it as, like, he possibly could. But that all of that being said, like, I think I've, like, come over to your side a little bit on, like, the whole Will Smith doesn't make good movies thing. Like, I'm going to keep hoping that he does, but it's, like... <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to, like, go into everything skeptical based on, like, just how absolutely bad this movie was because, like, I can't tell you the last time he actually, like, made a good one. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I really can't. Like, I mean, we've we talk, we talked about this before. Um, like, I mean, like, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a, it's been a, it's, it's been, been a while. while. <laughs> um, and I hope he figures it out and he, like, stops, like, trying to just do, like, big blockbuster things that are just bound in, like, there's a lesser possibility they're going to have good scripts unless you're working with the good folks over at Marvel. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully he finds something good. Cause I feel like this movie is evidence of the fact that like, he's not a bad actor, but he just doesn't have very good taste in like what he wants to do. Yeah. Um, maybe we can do a future podcast on who's a bigger hack Spielberg or Will Smith. Oh, come <laughs> on. that's, that's really unfair to Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, was there any other characters even worth talking about? Um, no, no we already Davis, talked about all. I didn't think she was that good. People thought she was good, but her. Stuff I guess it's was just so corny. She, people were just excited to see like an actress of that caliber in this movie, like in a position of authority, saying boss stuff. But it, I mean, it, it wasn't like I mean, it wasn't like actively like bad, but it was it wasn't just like compelling at all. Yeah, it was just like she's here saying she's going to put a team together, but her character doesn't really make a lot of sense. So it's hard for me to totally get behind that. Um. Yeah. I mean, did you think it was like like some people? I I read a couple things that were like they thought Ike Barinholtz was the worst part. Though I, I I thought that that was more just like is that Ike Barinholtz? And that, that took me out of the movie for a second. I'm like they put Ike Barinholtz in a like a in a, in a DC movie, and that was kind of weird. But like I guess someone has to play that guard. I don't yeah. know. It wasn't like 
wasn't like he was noticeably bad. It was just like took me out of the movie for a second because I was like not. Yeah. I did not know he was in it, and I was like, "You're putting like a comedy dude in like the prison guard role in like a supposedly somewhat dark movie." Yeah, it was <laughs> a little weird. It was a little weird. I didn't uh, really have any opinions on him though. Um. Yeah, I guess that's a. I don't know if there's a whole lot else to say. Uh, have you, just talk, talking it out like we have now, have you like come to any conclusion in your head about whether or not this was where this stands next to Man of Steel and Batman v Superman? I think Batman v Superman at least had stuff that I liked uh, with Batman and a couple of things with the Wonder Woman. And this movie, I don't really think I liked anything. So maybe that makes it worse. Man of Steel, I just hate. And I, I clearly, I don't remember that well given my forgetfulness on our Batman v Superman podcast, but... Okay. There's like nothing to like about that movie, though. No, like, I, I think mean, Michael Shannon is, is horrendous in it. So, I, th- he I might think that's be like worse st- than Joel, Joel Kinnaman in this movie, in Man of Steel. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I would just say <laughs> that, like, I, I think half the reason he's so bad is because the Zod suit is so freaking weird, and like, it makes it look like a turtle. Yeah. Um, and that was part of that. Like, I think that's definitely still worse. And like, the more I think about it, like, I can say more things that I like in Batman v Superman, because like, Affleck was fine. And like the scenes that like the the scene at Lex's house is really good, and there's not like a scene that long in Suicide Squad that I'm okay with. But like so much of the other shit was just really dumb that I feel like I would still maybe put it a little behind Suicide Squad, mainly because of the length. And it just like yeah. went on for too it went on for way 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 too long. And, and that and made hashtag me, Martha. Yeah, that that's that's <laughs> obviously nothing. No, there's no one moment in Suicide Squad that is that terrible. Even if there is, just like fewer redeeming things about Suicide Squad, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, so like, I feel like the only like I I stand by what I said earlier, but with the adding that, I think I can actually pick out more good things about Superman, Batman v Superman. But it's just way too way too long, and that just made me want to hate myself. That made me want to like kill myself more so than this one because I was just. We were in there for almost three hours, if you count the previews and shit. Yeah. Um, how, how are you feeling? Like, it seems like this whole universe is obviously maybe beyond saving. But do you have any level of optimism? We haven't talked since we no beyond like texting since we saw the Justice League trailer, <laughs> the Wonder Woman trailer, which wasn't bad. I thought the Wonder Woman trailer was good. A little too much like Max Payne slow mo for me, but we'll see how the actual movie turns out. And Justice League trailer was, I don't know, it was okay. I like Ben yeah, I mean, Affleck, I like Ezra, I like Gal, so... Yeah, the one thing I think that might have going for it is, like we talked about earlier, even if they haven't really done a good job, none of these movies have been good, at least we'll all have a sense of who those people are by the time we get there, because uh, by the time we get to Justice League, because I think, I don't know how they're going to... Because like, I know Wonder Woman said in the past, but I think they're going to put Ezra Miller in that one, too. Um, so I like even like his little cameo in Batman v Superman was stupid. But like I feel like by the time we get to if, if he is in Wonder Woman for at least a couple scenes, like we'll have some idea of who he is. We'll know who Wonder Woman is. Um, kind of everyone liked her in Batman v Superman, and people liked Affleck. And like I feel like most of those people, if, if as they, they're not going to have to do as much groundwork with, like I guess with Aquaman and Cyborg because they're going to be. Uh, it's only two characters. You're not going to be doing as much exposition as you were in this one. So just the fact that like we're going to have some sense of who those people are in Justice League, I think will make it so they can just get to the point a little quicker, which is one thing it'll have going for it. It still has Zack Snyder, though, so... Yeah. With a grain yeah, of salt. we'll see. I, I don't know. I, th- I mean, I th- there's a chance, but it's just like... I don't know if there's any... Like, you can't completely redeem this stuff at all, but like... We'll still see it because we have the podcast. And we need to talk about it, but like, I think it's safe to say that like we're not expecting that stuff to be good. But like, I feel like I, I actually for the um, you know the uh, the Flash movie is going to be directed by the guy that did Dope. Yep. And Aquaman by Sorry. James Wan, who did the uh, did the Conjuring movies, which were not horror people, so we never saw. But like, yeah. maybe like at that point, like maybe by the time those movies actually start filming, which won't be till like next year and li- probably late next year. Like, they'll like the DC like higher ups will have heard like so much like blowback from these other movies that like they'll leave those people alone even more so than they have to this point. I don't hold your breath for that, but it's like maybe at some point they'll keep hearing the same thing over and over again and be like, all right, maybe if we leave these uh, people that we're bringing in because they're unique voices, if that's the reason we're bringing them in the first place, we keep hearing all these criticism about how we don't do that. Maybe there's a chance they learn their lesson and they let them like do their own thing. I don't know. But that's that's I think that's that's like one reason to hope. That's something to hope for at least. I think they're gonna have to reboot by like twenty twenty. Well, I mean they're gonna do that anyway, right? Like, isn't that like don't these things like run their course? I mean, Marvel's been since what oh four okay, okay. 
I guess Marvel's been in this universe since the first Iron Man, right? Yeah. So it's been nine years. Iron Man came out in 2007, right? Did it? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, so I, I guess I guess these things are built to go on a little longer. I was just thinking in my head of like how Spider-Man rebooted pretty quickly. Well, yeah. Uh, twice already. That was just because people... Well, first they had to save the rights, and then they... I don't know. But... Well, yeah, I think you're right then. They might just have to totally reset, because I'm looking at it now, and I mean, like, like Infinity War 2 or whatever they're calling it now is, what, 2019, and uh iron man came out in like 2008 so like that's that'll have been 11 years once they get to that one mm-hmm. and here with 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 these movies it's like uh what what was like i mean like man of steel was 2013 so if they had three reboot by 2020 that's pretty telling i guess i think that to save them maybe they recast henry cavill and they recast Zack snyder and <laughs> um and then they let marvel make the last movies should recast recast Joel Kinnaman or just kick him out completely? Just kill I was, him. I think about earlier. Like I, I, I totally meant to make the joke, and I just it just totally slipped my mind how we were talking about him as RoboCop, and I was like, I was gonna say how he should win like the award at our next award show for best robot like, that we oh, gave to Tom. Oh my Hitch. god! Yes. Like I, and I, but it's just even funnier since he actually was in the RoboCop down. movie and mark it down really for funny. a nomination. It's like yeah, so like I mean, he definitely has a nomination, and like we're, we're getting to, like the better part of the movie year, so there's fewer opportunities for him to like actually be surpassed yeah. except bridge of spies did happen in october so you never know bridge of spies <laughs> certainly was a terrible movie that came out in october last year <laughs> so yeah even if there's like an awards worthy awards not awards worthy but an awards type movie like i guess there's still plenty of potential for someone to pass joel kinnaman but i'm not holding my breath <laughs> yeah but uh i think we had a good discussion so i think that about wraps it up um you can it's find... also pretty telling about this movie i just wanted to say that like i think this is the first superhero movie that like the two of us have talked about just our two of us that we haven't had a guest on for mm-hmm. so uh, i think like it, it says yeah. it's it says a lot that like we we didn't even like really consider having a guest because like other ones are like oh yeah like we can have something else add someone to this but with this one we're just like there's so much terrible shit that we won't have the trouble filling the time ourselves Absolutely or talking not. about it or, no. like talking about it in a way that makes sense without someone holding our hands through the conversation because there was so much obvious bad stuff in this movie <laughs> yeah just structurally fundamentally <laughs> writing everything is terrible so <laughs> Uh, would not recommend. Hey, so it's, still go see End of Watch though, people. Yeah, don't, End don't of let Watch it sour all David. End of Watch is a great movie, for sure. Better than Fury. Don't uh, don't fight me on that. Um, but yeah, okay. So you can find me on Twitter, a clambake, a k l a a k l a m b a k e, at Josh Jernavoy, J o s h j u r n o v o i. Podcast email questions, concerns, requests, anything is fifty two in fifty two pod at gmail dot com. 52in52pod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.